This podcast was recorded on the unceded and ancestral lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Hello, hello, Discasters. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. So this week is exciting because we are talking about uh, The Little Mermaid ariel's beginning now uh, my initial thoughts of this movie are that it succeeded the same way that the that cinderella 3 a twist in time did this prequel was definitely better than the sequel in like every way in every way it did so much better uh but before i get in depth uh there's not much in the way of like major headlines um the big headline is probably the fact that and I and I don't know if I talked about it before. I feel like I talked about it last week or the week before, um, but the fact that we have like a date for the big refurb for Splash Mountain for to become uh, Tiana's. Uh, I think it's going to be called Tiana's Bayou Adventure, something like that. Uh, but yeah, so we they're they've officially made plans. Like uh, I think it's going to be coming in twenty twenty three, late twenty twenty three. I think they said. So yeah, so it's exciting to for that to happen. I like that we're gonna get like an actual like a good solid refurb of it, and it'll just be nice for that to happen. So that's kind of the main news. Um, but yeah, other than that, just kind of uh very simple stuff. Um, I think uh, Thor, uh, the mighty Thor, Jane Jane Foster is uh present in the parks now. Uh, so that's cool, or at least in Avengers Campus in in Anaheim. So that's cool. Um, Miss Marvel is over uh i what did i feel how did i feel um i think it was good i think part of the problem with some of these marvel like disney plus shows is that i almost feel like they're too short i almost feel like they aren't given a good chance to to flesh out a good solid story because they're so limited with how many episodes they get and I think that's a problem. I think, like, I don't know. It's, 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 like, but on the other hand, you have shows like WandaVision, which aren't that many episodes, and that one is fucking brilliant. And Loki, which is also not that many episodes, and that one's also re- really good. I don't know. But I just feel like the six, I feel like six episodes isn't, isn't enough. We had the same issue with Moon Knight. I just don't think it was long enough. Uh, anyway. Ultimately, I did enjoy Miss Marvel for what it was and for what it represents in that it represents representation for, you know, for Pakistani people and for uh, Muslims and everything. And so that's good. Putting them, you know, in a positive light, which is so very rarely the case when it comes to Hollywood, it seems. So I'm very happy for that. I'm very glad that they have their representation. I'm very happy that Miss Marvel exists in the in the universe now. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens when she comes back in the next uh, in a future film called The Marvels. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I'm excited for that. That's good. Um, other than that, uh, the Disney Wish is officially out. Uh, it's officially, you know, uh, it's out. It's there. Uh, there's a few vlogs that are now available now out uh, in terms of uh, I expect their press people. I expect there are people that have like like press passes and stuff like that who have already gone on the ship and have taken a look at it and that sort of thing. So th- those vlogs are available. Uh, I'll see if I can link a couple uh, in the show notes. If not, just I'm sure if you just jump onto YouTube and just search like 
Disney Wish vlog, they'll be there. But anyway, uh, on to the main topic, which is this movie, uh, which is The Little Mermaid Ariel's Beginning. So, here we go. So, this movie was just, in every way, far superior to its predecessor. Like, in every way. The story was was better. The music was better. The animation was better. The voice acting was better. The voice directing was better. Like, everything about this movie was just so much better on so many levels. And it's no surprise because, like I mentioned last time, this is the same company that did Cinderella 3. And Cinderella 3 was great. Like, yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised with this film. What I really liked about it is that it it made... uh the antagonist of this film uh was triton's relation to music and even though there was kind of a soft villain the soft villain didn't necessarily have that big of a role to play in terms of in terms of her villainy and so they didn't try and force it you know what i mean they didn't try and force her to be the villain because the issue between Triton and music was the main villain of the story. It was this, that situation that was the main villain. And so it being the focus, it was, they were able to properly flesh out the story and make it, you know, for lack of a better phrase, make it make sense. So, uh, I'm gonna, so here's, here's how the movie goes down. So this movie opens up with actually like a prologue. So we start out the movie with the, with, um oh shit what's it called uh with an over not an over a narration with an opening narration of whom we eventually kind of figure out is supposed to be sebastian uh they did bring back samuel e wright to reprise his role as sebastian uh, apparently this is his final film role before his death in 2021 uh they did of course bring back jody benson to play ariel uh because again that's that's the big thing that Jody Benson does. You know, that's kind of what how she makes her money. Anyway, so the idea is that this so this movie takes place ten years before the or sorry, no, the movie itself, the main part of the movie probably takes place maybe a couple years before the events of the of the original Little Mermaid, right? So if she's sixteen, uh, in the original Little Mermaid, in this movie she's probably maybe fourteen, fifteen. I'm just kind of guesstimating. So this prologue. Uh, takes place 10 years before that so at this point ariel is about four or five which is or at least she looks it like it's never determined what her age is they just keep that very ambiguous but i'm guesstimating by how she's animated how she looks she looks very toddlery in terms of her animation uh and that sort of so i'm kind of just guesstimating she's about four or five so this movie more more or less focuses around their mother queen athena uh king triton's wife uh, and Queen Athena was a big music lover. And so Triton, who, by the way, during the prologue, we discover, has brown hair and a brown beard. So that was really weird to see. But anyway, still looking as Jack Daddy as ever. Anyway, I digress. So Triton and Athena, their relationship is beautiful. It's strong. Uh, their relationship with their daughters is beautiful. They all kind of, you know... They all live in, in obviously, in Atlantica, and Atlantica is filled with music because Athena loves music and all this other stuff. It's filled with music and laughter. It's a beautiful time. Everybody's happy. Every, everything is great. So, eventually, at one, at one point, we see 
uh, Triton gift Athena a music box. Now this music box uh, plays this melody that is kind of like a lullaby that Athena more or less uh, kind of sings and hums throughout the first this first part of the film. Now, unfortunately, so they're above water at this point. And so uh, this pirate ship comes by and everybody scatters. Everybody swims underwater. Uh, but unfortunately, Athena gets crushed by or at least it's implied she gets crushed by the pirate ship when she goes back to try and save the uh, what's it called? Um, the music box. Right. So she dies. That's how Queen Athena dies. Very sad. I think it's fu- interesting, though, because. I feel like this was also their way of kind of justifying Triton's hatred towards humans, uh, you know, because it is humans that effectively killed her accidentally, mind you, but still. Right. <clears throat> so they, they are the main cause of her death. So because of this, <clears throat> Triton basically associates music with sadness and depression and he is he's broken his heart's broken everything and so he effectively bans music throughout the entirety of the kingdom cut to 10 years later uh triton is still very gloomy grumpy sad he's not the triton that we know you know and uh the girls are kind of being sought uh sought over or at least like watched over by this governess named (laughs) get this named marina del rey which is hilarious. Uh, and it's great because this character, Marina Del Rey, who is a mermaid, by the way, th- there's also no reference at all to uh, to Ursula or to anything like that. There's no reference to her at all. Anyway, so Marina is their governess, and she is voiced by Sally Field, who actually does a really good job in this movie. Like, the voice acting in this movie is actually really good. Like, everyone does a really, really good job. And so uh, Marina has, like, a fr- uh, her, like, assistant Benjamin, who is a manatee, uh, which I think is very funny. Uh, Benjamin looks like uh, is played by, where is it, where is it, uh, Jeff Bennett, um, who uh, voiced Johnny Bravo uh, and Kowalski in the, in the Penguins of Madagascar series. He was also Brooklyn in Gargoyles, so just so they can kind of get an idea. Uh and so, yeah, so Marina is her job is basically to kind of like pull the girls together and, you know, get them on their duties and everything. So every morning they wake up and they head to the to the to the uh, like to the throne room and King Triton takes them out on like a daily walk throughout the kingdom kind of thing. Right. So event, the girls are obviously very, very bored of this. Right. But there's nothing much that they can do. Ariel, of course, is, you know, the most rambunctious of all of them. She's the most kind of. Uh, she's the one that's like constantly kind of pushing against, uh, I guess, pushing against her father in general, it seems. Uh, what I really like about this is that we really get a good sense of the rest of Ariel's sisters. The re- like all of Ariel's sisters uh, have uh, speaking parts. We all kind of get some idea of who they are. Uh, the eldest, Atina, we get an idea as, like, trying to be the eldest, and so she's very that. You know, there's, like, a couple of the sisters are very catty towards each other. You know, like, it's – it's they really did a good job of fleshing out the characters, I feel, of the sisters in general. It's not perfect, obviously, but it's 
at least something to go on because up until this point we never really had any idea of who the sisters were all we knew was that they all had all of their names start with a and it's funny because they make a joke of this too like there's a point where like one of the sisters is fighting with the other because she's she has like a hairbrush that has an a on it and one of the other sisters is like we all have a like all of our names start with the letter a it's just very funny like how they kind of uh make a joke about that anyway so they go around uh, Ariel starts to kind of like play around and tickles one of her sisters with a, with a piece of seaweed. By the end of their walk, Triton is kind of annoyed. Uh, Sebastian is kind of like his uh, attache, you know, uh, oversees everything or whatever. Um, and the governess is like pining for that job, right? So she wants that job. Uh, and so after the walk, Triton punishes Ariel for being, you know, uh, just for being playful, really, because Triton is clearly not happy. He's very upset. And so Ariel kind of fights back and is like, why are we always miserable? We always walk and everything, we, you know. And so he he punishes her by making her have to, like, scrape barnacles or some shit. So she's off doing that, and uh, she meets uh, Flounder. So this is where she meets Flounder for the first time, who, I might add, uh, is a little characteristically or is uncharacteristically brave in this movie he he's definitely a lot braver than he was in the original at least i think uh because in the original you know he's like swimming he's that she makes a joke about calling him a guppy but in this movie he seems very he seems a lot braver like there's moments where he's like he there he showcases more acts of bravery than we're kind of used to but it's fine whatever uh and so we we see flounder kind of humming along or something and he's making music with like the coral and stuff and ariel is fascinated by this but flounder freaks out because of course music is outlawed and he's almost arrested uh ariel you know tries to uh get him to not be arrested and so sebastian shows up and is like about to throw him in the dungeon but ariel's like no 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 there's a misunderstanding whatever trying to cover his ass and so sebastian's like okay fine whatever this is your last this is your one and only warning so that's fine uh eventually uh, like that same night, Ariel is kind of sitting out on her window and sees Flounder and sees Flounder kind of swim away really sneakily. And she's like, huh, that's weird. And so she follows him and follows him to this underground club uh, that is very speakeasy-esque in that like there's two doors you have to go through, both of which have like passwords. One is a vocal, another is a knock password, like that kind of thing. It's very much like a speakeasy. So it's very much giving like uh, prohibition vibes, right? And so he goes to, so Ariel follows Flounder to this underground club, or I guess undersea club, anyway, in which they are playing music. And we discover that the head of this club, the one who's performing, is Sebastian. So now there's that whole thing, which I think is kind of fun. Uh, while all this is kind of happening, uh, the governess, Marina, kind of, she this is this one i i would call this definitely call this one a musical because there's de a there's more songs in it and b the songs do a lot better job of aside from the fact that they're just written better do a better job of kind of giving us an idea of moving the plot and everything it, it it's just a it, this one i would definitely call more of a musical than the than than uh the previous one or i suppose uh uh return to the sea so the governess, her whole thing is that she wants, she's sick of her job. She hates being the governess. She wants power. She wants at least, she wants Sebastian's job. And so she's kind of trying to figure out what she can do to kind of throw him under the bus 
in order for her to get his job. So Ariel goes back to uh, to the palace. She uh, kind of ends up spilling the beans to her sisters about the club, and then all the sisters are excited about it because Ariel's like, yeah, like when I was there, it was like how it felt with mom kind of thing, right? And so now they have that kind of idea. Uh, and so Ariel takes them all to the club. They all go to the club. Everyone's having a good time. Everything's great. Um, but the governess... Uh, actually, I think it's Benjamin discovers them. Benjamin discovers them not in their beds. The governess follows them. How she follows them into the club is beyond me because, like, like, well, then again, Ariel technically stumbled in. Like, she, Ariel stumbled in, like, through the back way, whereas uh, Flounder went in, of course, in the front door. So one can only assume that the governess also ended up stumbling in through the back way. But she ended up, she ends up finding this club and rats them out to King Triton, who comes and like arrests everybody basically, including Sebastian fully like demotes Sebastian gives the governor Sebastian's job and that's it. So that's, yeah. So that's what I mean by like this whole, the antagonist of this movie is not necessarily the governess, even though she's kind of like a B plot, she's very much the B villain. The main villain is the association of Triton and his, uh, his band for his band of music. And it's very clear that Triton's not doing this because he hates music. He loves music. He just, it just makes him feel sad because he then remembers the fact that his wife is dead, right? Because there's a moment where we see Triton go into like this locked room that has like a statue of him and his wife. And it's very clearly a room that he hasn't been to in forever because there's like kind of like kelp and seaweed growing everywhere, akin to like how you'll go into an old room and there's cobwebs everywhere. It's very, it gives very that kind of vibe. So it's clear that Triton, you know, he's associating his wife's music with his wife. And because his wife is dead and because he, you know, he feels bad about it, you know, this is why he hates music kind of thing. Anyway, so, yeah. So basically the girls all get grounded. They're all banished to their rooms. Sebastian and the band are all arrested. And so now the question is, okay, well, what's going to happen now? So Ariel uh, basically calls out her father and she's like, look, we didn't do anything wrong. You know, it, none of this would happen if you just, you know, didn't hate music or something. Like basically confronts him about it and he just he's not having any of it, which is definitely a characteristic we have seen before. You know, not just not, all of this would have been fine if she had if if he would just sit down and listen to his daughter <laughs> I wonder where we heard this before. Hmm. Anyway, uh, okay, so what happens is Ariel feels bad, and so she decides to go to the dungeon and free Sebastian and the band and then basically escape and, like, leave the kingdom because now they're effectively refugees. Sorry, not refugees, fugitives. They are now fugitives. That's the appropriate word for this. Anyway, so after, so after they, uh, Ariel basically like, uh, helps Sebastian and the band escape. Um, Triton finds out that Ariel is missing, and uh, Triton basically puts out a whole uh, search party for her uh, and everyone else. Uh, Ariel and the group, uh, which consists of herself, Sebastian, the band, and Flounder, 
uh, end up to like the outskirts of Atlantica. So like they they go they go they go far, right? That's the thing. Um, and Marina tells Benjamin to release these electric eels that she's had, uh, in order to help find them. And so eventually she does. So Marina finds everyone first, uh, because they're actually on their way back to the kingdom. Cause what happens is while they're kind of, Sebastian leads them away somewhere, leads them in a specific direction. And then Ariel finds the music box that Triton had gifted Athena because when she died, he was so like stricken with grief that he just like hucks it into the ocean, just chucks it. And so she finds it like in this area that's outside of Atlantica. And then it's like, oh, Sebastian like specifically brought them to this location to find it in order to solve all of this in the first place. So everything was kind of Sebastian's plan. Cool. Fine. Whatever. And so they all agree, we're going to go back. We're going to give the music box to Triton. Everything's going to be fine. Y'all will be, you know, you're all going to be, what's the term? Acquitted, I guess. Like, charges will be dropped, basically. So on their way back, Marina discovers them. Uh, There's, like, a chase. Uh, They almost get caught. Athena almost, like, kills Sebastian. It's alluded that she wants to just kill Sebastian. Uh, Triton f- arrives just in time to see Ariel kind of tackle Marina, but Marina, like, hits Ariel in such a way that, like, knocks her out, and so Triton is all sad and upset, thinks she's dead, and then, uh, finds the, the music box, and he's like, oh my god, it's all my fault, what have I done? And so they, and then they reconcile. Uh, and then Marina, I believe, is taking, oh yeah, so afterwards there's, like, a clip of her, like, in the dungeon or whatever, which is fine. I mean, like, should she be? I mean, I guess, like, Triton could put her in the dungeon for whatever specific reason. But I think the reason behind this, or for going into the dungeon this time, is because she basically straight up tackles Ariel. <laughs> anyway, so after this, uh, Ariel kind of helps Triton to rediscover his love of music as a way to, as like, a way to pay homage and keep Athena's memory alive kind of thing, right? And then Sebastian gets awarded the, or is uh, appointed the official court composer. And so that's how that works out. So yeah, and uh, everyone lives happily ever after because music is now within the kingdom. And then yay, and then like, I don't know, probably within like the next year or so, the events of uh, the original Little Mermaid occur, and that's that. So yeah, honestly, this movie was legitimately really good. I genuinely enjoyed this film. Uh, the animation is beautiful. It's all, it's like picture perfect in comparison to the original. Uh, yeah, the songs are so much better. The voice, like I'm, I'm just repeating myself at this point, but basically everything is worth repeating because everything is just so much better. Um, yeah, in terms of cast, uh, the, uh, King Triton is voiced by Jim Cummings, uh, because I believe the original, uh, voice actor for King Triton, I think it's said that he, uh, I think he dies, or I think he, I think he passed away or something. The original voice actor for, for King Triton. Um, sorry, no, he was uh, Kenneth Mars, who was the original voice actor, was uh, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, so that's what that was. But regardless, Jim Cummings like does a great job because he's Jim Cummings. You know, he just generally does a good job. But it's funny because 
after a certain point, you just kind of recognize when Jim Cummings is the voice actor of something. He has a very distinct, even when he's trying to portray other characters, he has a very distinct timbre in his voice, so it becomes very easy to find him. But it's fine. Like, I'm not complaining. It's just something that I that I noticed. Uh, it's also interesting because they bring Tara Strong back to play a couple of the sisters, uh, which is funny because Tara Strong was Ariel's daughter in the previous film so i just thought that was kind of funny uh she plays adela who's the third eldest uh who dreams of falling in love with a boy she's like the lovesick one and then andrina who is the second youngest who is sarcastic and likes to joke around these are like the characteristics that they give uh the sisters uh this one's atina the eldest sister who keeps the sisters in order and is always following her father's orders you know she's the eldest uh alana who is the second eldest who is very interested in beauty fashion and is very cautious with her appearance Aquata, who is the middle sister, who is tough but shy and can't dance. That was a very funny thing. Like she, like while while they're at the club, like uh, Aquata gets asked by like five different fish characters to like dance, but she's like, eventually she gets fed up and it's like, I can't dance, and they're like, Well, let's just try or whatever. And it's very funny. So like, she, there's a moment where they where uh, they see her like learning how to move and dance. It's very good. Uh, Arista, the third youngest sister, who is very quirky but likes to quote borrow other people's things too much, uh, she joins the band at the end of the movie, uh, which I think is very funny. So yeah, so like they they did they actually try to even though they're very superficial characteristics for these characters, they at least try to make all the sisters individual because they're because they actually focus on the sisters. And it's very good. It's very nice to kind of see the internal dynamic between Ariel and the rest of her sisters because we don't know what that looks like. We only get it very briefly in uh, the original Little Mermaid. Like after we see, like this is at, like of course after Ariel initially meets Eric, right? Well, I say meets, um, you know, rescues him, <laughs> saves his life. So yeah, I think it's. I think they did a uh, a good job. I really do. I really do think they could did a good job. Uh, Rob Paulson is in this film as a couple characters. Uh, he plays Inkspot, who is, I believe, the octopus in the band. Uh, and Swifty, who... I don't know who Swifty is. Uh, Swifty is... Nope, it's not here. I don't know what it is. It's just weird, like, references to other characters and stuff. Never mind. Forget that. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. So, all in all... I definitely think this this is this one is worth the watch. I would probably say like if you want to if you want to watch some of the Little Mermaid movies, do it. Watch them in 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 chronological order with this one and then with the original Little Mermaid and then forget and fuck the other one. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the the <laughs> the sequel. It's awful. Uh so yeah. Definitely watch this one. I give this one like 6 or 7 out of 10. It was definitely nice to watch something that was like, "Oh, this one's actually good." Like it, it redeemed it redeemed the the trilogy for me, for me it did, and so yeah. So now next week, oh, next week I'm so excited. Next week we are talking about Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Holy, okay. So, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. All right, I'm very excited about. It. I'm very excited very excited about it uh yay this is gonna be great uh so until next time uh I, yeah just i'm excited for beating the beast so beating the beast we're gonna do that one uh and then of course enchanted christmas i want to say there's another beating the beast movie 
animated movie. I can't quite remember. And then, of course, there's the live action, which we'll touch on afterwards, of course. Uh, yeah, but until then, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Uh, take your meds, drink your water, eat your food, get some exercise, get some air, all that jazz. And yeah, until then, chat with you all later. Bye. Bye.